KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The city of Del Mar is starting a pilot program to beef up enforcement of COVID-19 rules. For the next few months, deputies will be patrolling part of the city, focusing on violations of rules meant to stop the spread of the virus. Breaking the rules could mean up to a $1,000 fine or 90 days in jail. Beachgoer Renee Farrell told KPBS she thinks that's excessive. Citing um, and fining is, it's a little much. I mean, if the fine was, you know, maybe 50 bucks, then, you know, sure, a little ticket won't hurt. The sheriff's department says deputies will strive for voluntary compliance first, and most people will put on a face covering when asked. Beachgoer Alan Sawyer says it's simple. The more people can get away from treating this like it's a political issue, the better. You know, it needs to be thought of as on a scientific basis and not as a political, emotional basis. The pilot program will cost Del Mar around $22,000. San Diego County health officials reported 290 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday and three additional deaths. Those are the lowest numbers we've had in the past month. The county also had the fewest tests recorded at around 4,000, and of those, 7% were positive, which is above the county's 14-day average of 5.4%. The number of people hospitalized with the virus is still dropping, though, with 381 in regional hospitals, including 100 120 in intensive care units, all of which is the lowest reported in more than a month. The U.S. Census Bureau will end its counting efforts on September 30th, a month earlier than previously planned. That has local organizations worried. They were already struggling to get an accurate count during the pandemic. Brenda Diaz is the Civic Engagement Coordinator at Mid-City CAN. She says the stakes of an undercount couldn't be higher for immigrant communities who could miss out on vital federal funding. We're talking about trillions of dollars, right? If our communities are not counted, it's a trillion dollars over the next 10 years, which we won't have for health care, emergency services, education. The Census Bureau says it moved up the date to make sure all data collection is completed by the end of the year. Healthcare for San Diego jail inmates could be outsourced to a private contractor in the future. County supervisors voted 4 to 1 Tuesday to open up a bidding process. But they also agreed to study a proposal by Supervisor Nathan Fletcher for the County Health and Human Services Agency to take over inmate health care instead. Sheriff Bill Gore has been criticized over inmate care in the past. An investigation by the San Diego Union-Tribune last year found the death rate in the county jails is among the highest in the state. I'm Annika Colbert filling in for Kinsey Moreland. It's Wednesday, August 5th. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day.
The Navy has located the Marine landing craft, which sank off of the coast of Southern California on Thursday. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says they have also located the bodies of the Marines killed in the accident. The amphibious assault vehicle was located roughly 1,600 yards off the coast of San Clemente Island. The Navy used a remotely piloted vehicle to identify the bodies of seven Marines and a Navy corpsman who had been missing but presumed dead. A total of nine died in the accident when their 26-ton craft sank quickly Thursday during a landing exercise. The search for the missing officially became a recovery mission early Sunday. The AAV was eventually found Tuesday in 385 feet of water. The Navy expects to have the equipment in place by the end of the week, which will allow the craft to be hoisted from the seafloor, along with the remains inside. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. San Diego Clean Air advocates are urging State Senator Ben Hueso to support legislation that could minimize the environmental impact of fracking in California. The assembly bill would create a buffer zone between oil drilling sites and residential areas. Hueso is on the Senate Natural Resources and Water Committee that will consider the bill today. Vin Nguyen is a San Diego pediatrician who treats children suffering from severe asthma attacks. She says local communities of color deserve protections. At our clinic, we have a code room where we kind of stabilize asthmatics and we take care of a lot of asthma kids and do run NEBS. And the 14 of us who work at urgent care at night, like we know it's busy during asthma season and we're stabilizing those kids all the time. Nguyen says Hueso's vote is considered crucial for the measure to pass out of committee. She says he has not yet taken a public position on the issue. Southern California fire officials say they are looking for a vehicle that sparked a huge blaze in the San Bernardino National Forest this week. KPBS reporter Eric Anderson says thousands of people were forced to evacuate. He brings us more on this story. The wildfire burning through the San Bernardino National Forest was started by sparks coming from a vehicle tailpipe. Cal Fire's Thomas Schutz says San Diego firefighters are among those battling the flames, which have scorched more than 42 square miles. Right now, the flames are burning away from urban areas. The one fortunate part about that is it's moving away from the residents. We do have some communities out in front of it, um, which we are concerned about, but um, we've we've stacked those areas with resources to make sure that, um, that they're protected. Fifteen San Diego fire trucks were called into duty. Local hand crews, bulldozers, and aircraft are also part of the effort. Eric Anderson... KPBS News. KPBS reporting partner iNews Source is launching a series today called Veterans Voices. It will follow veterans as the San Diego VA removes them from a drug treatment that's been effective in relieving their depression and suicidal thoughts. iNews Source investigative reporter Brad Racino starts with a local Marine story. This is Henry. Henry. Um, But Henry was the beginning of my plant obsession. Kaya Bender is a 29-year-old Marine veteran with a history of major depression and suicidal thoughts. And then parsley, basil, mint, oregano. He recently gave us a tour of the garden outside his Vista apartment. I, I have like these crazy like dreams of like what it would look like, like this big old food forest 
It's just like a bunch of fruit trees and like uh, other food plants. Just the assumption that he'll be alive to see that happen is proof to Bender that his ketamine drug treatments are working. You know, and the suicidal thoughts are just like kind of gone. Like I don't, it's really like freeing. Ketamine began in the 1960s as a veterinary anesthetic, but in the early 2000s, scientists began to notice its tremendous effect on patients with treatment-resistant depression. They also recognized ketamine's ability to rapidly reduce suicidal impulses, as it did with Bender. And I, you know, and I couldn't have imagined being able, being capable of doing the things that I'm doing now every single day. For years, the San Diego VA has referred patients like Bender for ketamine treatment at the Kadima Neuropsychiatry Institute in La Jolla. To great success, Kadima is run by Dr. David Feifel, a former UC San Diego and VA psychiatrist. Feifel is an expert in ketamine, having administered it for over a decade. Uh, uh, I recognize that this was really something like I've never seen in uh, my uh, years uh, in the field of psychiatry had, had, had limitations for sure, but it also had, um, had characteristics that uh, we had not seen in terms of the ability to improve people's uh, major depression uh, when nothing else did, and also many times to do it very, very rapidly. Despite San Diego VA psychiatrists lauding Feifel's success with their vets, in May, the agency began telling patients that their time at Kadima would soon end. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. The agency planned to bring vets back in-house for an alternative drug treatment called Spravato. I am scared that, you know, they, they're, what they're doing won't be enough and that I'll end up feeling like I did before ketamine. And I, that, that's... That's terrifying to me because I don't know if I would make it through it again. Now, Kadima's vets are pleading with VA leadership not to stop a treatment that for the first time gave them hope. Some are reaching out to politicians, including San Diego Congressman Scott Peters, whose office is working directly with some of the vets affected. Uh, so our job now is to make sure the mental health professionals at the VA are looking at each case individually and giving uh, each individual what works for them. Um, because it works, not because it's what's convenient for the VA. There are a few dozen vets caught up in this ongoing situation. That's why iNewsource created this series, Veterans Voices, to let them share their stories. It will provide a first-hand look at how local veterans are grappling with mental illness and fighting for their own health care within the VA system. That was investigative reporter Brad Racino. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. To learn more about the Veterans Voices series, go to inewsource.org slash veteransvoices. And if you or someone you know is considering suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And coming up, Election Day is just three months away. With the risks of the COVID-19 pandemic, providing safety and security to voters will be a challenge whether they fill out their ballots by mail or in person. So with the whole pandemic, uh, things are happening, uh, our, our dramatic changes are occurring. We'll hear from the San Diego County Registrar of Voters who is planning out our new normal for voting. That's next, right after this break. Thank you. 
Election day is now three months out, but voting will start much earlier. Already, questions are swirling about how safe and secure voting will be. Because of the pandemic, California will be providing mail-in ballots to all voters for the first time ever. San Diego County Registrar Michael Vu faces the challenge of not only making mail-in voting safe and secure, but also creating safe places for in-person voting. Vu told KPBS Midday Edition host Allison St. John that the voting process for San Diegans will look a lot different this year. Here's that interview. So with the whole pandemic, uh, dramatic things are happening. Uh, our, our dramatic changes are occurring, I, and I think the least of all the dramatic changes is the fact that everyone's going to receive a a mail ballot. And the reason why I say that is because seventy five percent of the electric electorate is already signed up to receive a mail ballot because they've asked to be a permanent mail ballot voter. So we're really only extending it to the other 25% who generally go to a polling place, or that's the only option uh, that is out there. Where the dramatic changes for us, as well as the the public, is is the fact that the in-person locations is where most of the changes will occur. As a result of the pandemic, Instead of having, for example, the 1,548 precincts that we had in March, uh, what we plan on having are much larger locations running for multiple days, in fact, four days. So October 31st through November 3rd at 8 p.m., which is election day, uh, at 235 what we call super polls sites. So there will be opportunity to vote in person starting October 31st. Um, We have a question here from Marga Glasser. This is Marga Glasser from San Diego. My question is, how will the anticipated delays in USPS mail delivery be handled to ensure that all votes are counted? So the state has passed a law extending the time frame for us to accept a ballot to 17 days after Election Day, so long as the ballot is postmarked by Election Day. Now, here's a question from Candace Bremond. Hi, my name is Candace Bremond. I live in University Heights. And my question is, assuming I get my ballot in prior to the election, is there any way to check the status of that ballot? The answer to your question is yes. Uh, There will be a new service called Where's My Ballot that you can subscribe to. There will be push notifications to you as soon as you subscribe. It's free of charge. um, And it's currently on our website, sdvote.com. And it will push information as to the status of your mail ballot as it's getting delivered to you. And then once you vote it and send it back, you can get push notification as it's working its way back to our office, as well as uh, when we count the ballot. Rhonda Scheiss asks, if I mail my ballot back right away, does it get counted as soon as it's received or is it held until all the ballots come in? And if it's held, how secure is it from fire or mischief? So we have the ability, once we send out the ballots and then we receive voted ballots back, uh, to be able to signature verify it, first of all, uh, we check it in, make sure that it's uh, the person who, who has voted this mail ballot. And then what we have the ability to do is, is then extract and scan and tabulate that ballot af- after it's been received, once it's been verified. Um, and that's, uh, frankly, we can start as, as soon as the mail ballots come back to our office. That's a change in the law, I, I should mention, because we would normally be able to signature verify, uh, but could not extract and scan in that ballot until the 14th day prior to an election. But now with the change in the law, we can do it as soon as we receive it. How conclusive do you expect the results to be on election night? Well, with mail balloting being the predominant way that voters uh, vote these days, it will depend on how many voting uh, mail ballots have been returned to our office for us to process and then ultimately get into the count. 
these days it's really extends out much further than just election day. So uh, we're hoping that many of them, there are wide gaps. That's always an election official's uh, prayer is, is that there are wide margins regardless of who's winning. But at the end of the day, as we know, that voters hang on to their mail ballots and they don't return them until closer to Election Day. We're hoping that's not the case this election. But if it happens to be the case, you know, these close contests could go all the way up until we certify the election, which is 30 days after Election Day. That was Michael Vu, San Diego County's Registrar of Voters, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Allison St. John. To learn more about voting in the 2020 election in San Diego County, visit www.sdvote.com. San Diego News Matters is a daily morning news podcast powered by all of the reporters, editors, and producers in the KPBS newsroom. Tune in to KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or catch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 p.m. on KPBS Television to keep up with all of the news throughout your day. You can also find us on Twitter at KPBS News or to find our podcast producer Kinsey Moreland, she's at Kinsey. I'm at Annika Colbert and as always you can find more KPBS podcasts like Only Here or Cinema Junkie on our website at kpbs.org slash podcasts or where Wherever it is, you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.